1: If I could take all the things that you guys have learned over the last 10 years and just summarize them, put them in some way to easily digest them and take action, that's what this book is all about. You're not going to want to miss it. Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash new book and get your copy today.
0: Joey, today's episode will break down our short-term rental business that we've been building over the last 12 months or so. And you're going to get to hear as you listen to Joey and I and our operator Clint, discuss those major points that's happened over the last 12 months. But I'd love, Joey, to just share what were some of the highlights, some of those summaries of things that you could say and point to over the last 12 months that really stuck out to you. Well, I, I hate
1: to start off with something negative, but my immediate thing I remember was uh, getting that phone call from the homeowner association where i've had this condo for almost 20 years renting it out so on and so forth no problem whatsoever immediately within a few weeks of us this project going live we have spent all this money renovating it and getting all the furniture put in and getting it live and we're so excited people are starting to book it and they're like oh yeah you can't do a short-term rental business in this neighborhood and i'm like wait a minute It doesn't say anything like that in the association docs. And they fought me on, fought me on it. They even uh, dinged us $500 for one of our guests going to the pool when they weren't supposed to. And I was just like, okay, learning lesson. But then to see it go from a whole 180 and those people, the same people that were fighting me about having this business were like, wait a minute. How are you making all that money? How much are you making? Um, How many more can we get you? In this neighborhood because that's really good for resale value
0: like that was that was an amazing turn of events very cool how about you lots of different ups and downs i would say for me just we we went out definitely on faith to add a couple three bedroom units which was outside of really the buyer persona the guest persona that we were trying to fulfill and got three bedroom units and like literally days after we told them we were willing to take them There was a tornado that came through that displaced hundreds of families here in Birmingham. I was able to connect with some different people through Facebook. And the day that they could be available, we had families moving in that signed six and seven months, basically, commitments to be in those three bedroom units. And that, to me, just helped me see a different side of our business where we were focused on the business travel, the medical travel, and to think, oh, wow, those businesses definitely have ups and downs where – different reasons why people may not be able to come and to have that local person who maybe is displaced and needing a place for five to seven months could go to really stabilize our occupancy and balance it out a little bit. To me, I, I love to see that. And it gives me a different, a different viewpoint of the business. Yeah. I mean, we're going to get into the nuts
1: and bolts of this business and all that, but it's really interesting to think about all those stories behind the story That we've experienced over this past year. If you have been considering this as your path to financial freedom, um, we don't want to delay. Let's get into the nuts and bolts. Let's belly up.
2: Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast, your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, Don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now, here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Muret.
0: Welcome into the roundtable. This is where we get financial freedom. This is where we get clear on our goal and our path so we can become financially free. I am one of your hosts, Russ, the Idea Guy. Morgan, I'm sitting around the table with the best coaches in the nation that can help you get there faster. My partner is in the room today, the Italian stallion. He's got the license plate to prove it, Mr. Joey Muray. What's up, Joey?
1: Hey, hey. Happy to be
0: here. Glad you're here.
1: With gratitude, I'm here.
0: Yes, you are. Joey, we're talking about STR. That sounds like something one of my friends in high school may have contracted
1: yeah that is not uh unfortunately that is not what we're cu- talking about today we're talking about short-term rentals my friend
0: short-term rentals okay it's just a, it's an odd acronym most people don't don't know it
1: well that's why i felt like we need to clarify it right away
0: good i'm glad you did well before you go any further i'm gonna go around the table to the man the legend our resident pilot the gooch my gucci
3: that was horrible, man. That hurts. That hurts.
0: <laughs> what are you talking about? You say I don't pronounce it right. So I'm trying to get like as um, culturally appropriate as I possibly can with my, my accent there.
3: Well, it, it, Yeah, it's not like a Danielle Steele sultry
0: H.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is what you get when you get an Alabama redneck trying to say uh, any name more than four, <laughs> four, four letters on <laughs>
3: <laughs> but yeah let's do this let's find out how this whole short-term rental thing works all right well let's
0: get down to the man that i like to refer to as downtown ernie
2: brown how are you today ernie hey 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 all right so that that disease that you're speaking of in high school yeah. my str is sometimes remember my homework i think ernie. i knew that right yes yes it, Thank you for you know, clarifying
1: I, what that was, Ernie, because I was going a totally different.
2: Yeah, I know I know you were, but it's, okay. not, it's not what you think it is. Thank you. All
0: right. Unless it is. Before I go derail us down some some old memories, let, let, let me get to the million dollar smile, Mr. Incredible, Mr. JD Hill. Welcome.
4: Uh, glad to be here, I think. And in the spirit of what we're talking about here, I want to go fast. Let's do it. And uh, that's what you guys are going to talk about today. And I am excited to do a little shake and bake on this show.
0: Shake and bake. I got a feeling at some point I may have extra voices in my room. I got my son running down the hallway (laughs) echoing. I was trying to teach him math earlier this week. It's the hardest work I've done in at least five years. And and I told Megan, I was like, the beauty of homeschooling Mm. is that he gets to not go to prison at age 12 because that kid ends up in detention and he's a sweet kid. He just is distractible and he ends up in detention with all the kids who are actually there because they, you know, knife somebody or, you know, uh, they stole somebody's lunch money and a 12 year old
4: is knifing someone.
0: <laughs> well, if you went to the high school, I, the schools I went to, man, that, that was, I mean, I know that didn't happen for Jay Dizzle, and in the, in the mm. really nice schools you were going to, but in my schools, that was the kind of stuff that was going on. And the kids who were just distractible end up in detention end up running with bad kids. And so i am just told Megan, like we, we've saved him. Like just in this alone, this is a win. Mm.
4: Good now, for you. Amen.
0: Now, Can we talk about what
1: we're time. talking about today?
0: No, our topic is how, do you start short-term rentals what is short-term rentals and why in the world did we have 20 of them so first you said STR is a short-term rental what does that even mean JD
4: well for those of y'all that are that are familiar with the the term airbnb that is the most popular I think way to to look at what a short-term rental is but it's essentially um, where you rent a room a home um, for a short period of time uh, generally less than 30 days so like you're going to travel instead of staying in a hotel you may stay at uh, at a home uh, that you found on various websites uh, to stay for 2 or 3 or 4 days while you're visiting that particular area all right
0: and mark when we we think about short term rental there's two different pathways that someone could take right there's They could buy a house, buy a condo and rent it out, or they can do what we call arbitrage. Would you help people understand what the difference between those two are?
3: Yeah. It's, it's no different than when you want to get a car, you can go to the dealership and buy it, drive off the lot with it and own it yourself and do whatever you want to do, or you can lease it. And so the arbitrage is you are actually leasing a property and then turning around and then essentially subletting it, if you will, to somebody else for a short period of time, like JD was talking about. I mean, you can go to Costco and buy a case of water for like three bucks or four bucks or, you know, whatever that, but it's super cheap. But as soon as you walk outside of Costco, you go look at the water vending machine and each one of those bottles of water that you just bought in a case for a couple of bucks is now like a buck 50 for one. Hmm. So you're paying for the convenience of a shorter stay, rather than renting out that room for an entire month and locking into a contract or a 12 month period, you just want one soda out of the case. And so you're gonna pay a premium for it.
1: Well, and the difference also, I'll just say, is between owning and arbitrage is the amount of cash it takes to get involved. So you may be looking for your own path as it relates to passive income and thinking, man, it sounds awesome, love to have, this idea of, of, you know, $500 a bedroom or $800 a bedroom or whatever it may be. And wow, per month, that sounds great, but I don't necessarily want to put in the 20% down payment it takes to buy a property plus the furnishings and, or I'd rather just get in for the cost of one month's lease and a deposit and the furnishings at that point. I can, I can maximize the profit that I make on that investment than rather than literally all those other things of owning. So that's another discrepancy or, or difference I would see.
0: Ernie, you've been quiet in this discussion. I don't want to leave you behind. I know, I know you, I know you, you're pondering.
2: You well, know, I'm just here to help. So I'm thinking we're talking about this because you guys like them obviously and you started at least a handful this past year of those things, owning arbitraging, Uh, Guests coming in and out, the hotel experience. What drew you to this and and what made you want to start?
1: Well, I'll say this I wasn't as big of a a fan of this. Like when we first did it, I was hesitant. Um, And I, I felt better because it was my condo that we started with that I had been renting on a long term basis. And I was like, what's the worst thing that could happen? We get into it, we don't like it, nobody ever books it, and we could turn around and just. I could sell it at that point because at that point a long-term rental on my condo was miserable and the market was starting to go up and i was like Phew. at the worst case i can get this thing cleaned up and then you know dump it.
0: Dude, so. dude, it it was not the worst thing that joey's joey's apartment ernie needed to be cleaned up like the best thing that ever happened to joey's apartment was us putting it in our short term rental fleet like that I'm not thing, gonna
1: disagree i'm not going to. what
0: color was the guest bedroom wall
1: uh was that the purple one <laughs> was <laughs> that the purple one <laughs> yeah.
3: Is there, yeah. Other there, color too? there
1: yeah it was yeah. I can't remember exactly if it was purple or if it was blue, but it had like um you know iridescent lights and things like that in
4: there it was not a it was not pretty, no, pretty sure it was, has
3: carpet on the walls.
4: Yeah. Every bit of stank stank was, was inside of that room is what you're saying. Exactly.
3: It, but it, it was, all right. So hold on a second. So as, as, as you guys are looking to grow passive income, right. So that's, that's the whole thing that that's going to fuel your march towards financial freedom. Um, Joey, you already had an LTR. So right. if, if you had something, why were you even looking at doing short-term rental versus just, you know, putting some lipstick on that pig that you had?
1: In the, this particular condo, the HOA fees, the homeowner association fees were so high and um, the market rents were so low, it was squeezing my monthly profits to almost nothing. And it had been doing that for a long time. I, I kept waiting on you know something to give there. It just never did because just there's too much debt service and other things. So for me, it was like, well, let's just try the short-term rental thing. And see if we can make that arbitrage or that difference work. And um, and be honest, it, to me, if you look at my investor DNA, short-term rentals is not something that you would normally, like somebody with my makeup, would normally be interested in. It seems risky. It seems like things can change. Like people don't love these in the marketplace. Like HOA, in particular, homeowner associations do not love the fact that you rent your place on a short-term rental. Uh,
0: Joe, Joey, can I jump in there? It seems like it turned out to be an amazing strategy, right? It did. And, and there was some hesitancy at first to do it because you had never done it before. That's right. There was some mistakes made early on. Like you mentioned the HOA. There were some people who rented that unit who went to the pool and that was not okay.
1: Yeah. The, the HOA um, was very strict, surprisingly stricter than I remember them being. Um, and they basically charged us something like $500 in fees and fines because they had someone tattle on the fact that my guests that were there um, used the pool. And I did not realize that they they could ever even tell that somebody from my unit was using pool
0: and and one of one of the questions that that's come up is well we have 23 we have one that you actually own the unit the other 22 we do not own we actually just have them under a master lease so we are that's leasing right. or renting them from someone else and so the question is which one do we prefer Owning I mean, or the arbitrage method?
1: I mean, personally, I'm pretty excited about the one that own, uh, because it's finally profitable. Um, I actually have a long term tenant in Wake Up in Birmingham, and they pay me every month, and I actually make a little profit now. Plus, we have the Wake Up in Birmingham side where I make the arbitrage, so I mean, it's a it's a sweet deal for me. But we haven't heard from you. Why did you want to get into the SDR? business russ
0: well because my investor dna likes gas pedal my investor dna likes influence i love hospitality i love like i i am constantly planning a vacation for our family and inviting other people to it and by the way that doesn't go over when your wife is not necessarily as hospitable as you are (laughs) she's like wait a second Wow, Hold on. Megan invite, uh,
1: Megan, if you're people listening people. right now, I think you're very hospitable.
0: I don't
2: okay. think she has to go to the hospital that much. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, that's my that's the way
0: I made up. Like I, I think about like if we're gonna go somewhere, let's go do it. like be around other people. and the STR business is, like you said, they're not renters, right? They're guests. So you're hosting them for a short window of time. And, and I just feel like that's really cool. I love the fact that I get to share it with other real estate people in town. I get to share it with friends on Facebook. We get to talk about it here on the podcast. If you're coming in town, go to Birmingham.com. Make sure you put the discount code podcast in there. When you book, you're gonna get a discount and our guy will let us know. We'll put something cool from the podcast in there for you. I love that, right? I can't do that with many investments. That was why it was exciting to me. And it was contrary to the traditional system. Well, right? but actually, like,
1: I'm going to challenge you for a second, Russ. You just said investment. It's not an investment, right? The reason I think you love this and other things that we've done is that they are businesses. You actually have like this desire to be have your hands in a lot of different things. And if it was just an investment that was just being done over on the side, you'd have literally no impact on the results. And you'd be like, I'm bored. I don't want to do this.
0: No, you're true, you're, true or true. This is one of the very few times get your phone recorder out. If you want to Joey, <laughs> you're right. I, I like the fact that this is a business. I am very interested in the, the marketing side of it. I'm interested in the operation side of it. I'm interested in the scalability. That One of the things that really appealed to me in this is that it, we could actually grow it. We started out with a goal. Our goal was 15.
1: That's right.
0: If we could get to 15 in the first 12 months, we had some metrics that we thought this would actually produce this amount of money. We were thinking it was gonna be in the 600 to $800 per bedroom range. And we were like, 15, that would be cool.
1: Yeah. In fact, I would say you said um, you could do this quickly. You were all gas. And I I tried to hold the brakes early on. That didn't last long. It was like within the first 60 days, we were like, okay, let's do
0: all 50. Let's do it. I just read this comment. It was so drawing, joy. I wanted to share it. I realized that my time is not really mine. It's my company's. Now, I have to stop negotiating my time for money and I need to start working to become financially free. That's exactly
1: how I felt when my daughter Adler asked me on the way to school, Dad, can you pick me up from school today? And I had to say, No, baby, I have to go to
0: work. That's where I drew the line. In order for you to be clear on the things, you need to do and stop doing and to know who you need to become so that you can stop trading time for money. Join us right now at wealthwithoutwallstreetcom forward slash passport. Now let's get back to this episode. All right. So here, here here's what I know that you and I love STR, but we're not the only one that's doing STR and we're not the only one who love it. Um, JD, you, you're in the STR business, Tell I me am. what it is that you like about it and how you've been applying this in your world uh
4: I I would not say I love it <laughs> um <laughs> I, what? I, I the, the, yeah the thing I love about my short-term rental are the pet fees y'all heard me say that before these pet fees are so good uh they're almost better than the actual rental rate uh, I think I may actually just open up a kennel and just start housing dogs because this is so good. So I love the idea of the short-term rental arbitrage because it allowed me to get into real estate investing with a much lower barrier of entry. right? Like The cost of acquisition to get into real estate investing, generally speaking, like a regular long-term rental, it's much higher because you got to put up 20% as a down payment. You got closing costs. You got all those other expenses that go into the first part of, of a long-term rental. And with the short-term rental doing the way that we're all doing it. Um, all I had to do was put up the first month's rent, last month's rent, um, and then pay for the utilities and, and then furnish it. And And that was just, for me, it was a much lower risk from my perspective because if it didn't work, then uh, I was only on the hook for 12 months and I could take all the, the the furniture inside of it. It's mine. I own it. I can take it with me and I can go start over somewhere else. Uh, and so that was the thing for me that I loved. It was a low risk, high return because I love the cash flow. Uh, aspect of it. And ours is cash flowing really well. We, we net probably 1500 to 2000 a month, um, in cash flow. Uh, I'll have to teach you guys how to do that, um, uh, one day. <laughs> um, but it's, so I love that aspect of it. What I actually don't like about it, Russ is the thing you like. I don't like the hospitality aspect, hospital- hospitality, 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 kind of like matrices <laughs> that you said earlier. I don't like that aspect of it. Right. And I wish I would have had the investor DNA before I did it because I looked at the business as a whole. And I like, oh, this business makes perfect sense. Um, but dealing with, you know, the day-to-day operations of, you know, somebody locked themselves out of a keyless entry. I, I don't know how you do that, but you, apparently you do. Uh, and That happens more than you think. Or how you get access to the backyard. And It's like you open the gate. Like it's those types of things that I'm like, I, mm, you know, I don't have gray hair, but I'm slowly getting it. It's like those are the things that, you know, I don't think we talk about often enough. Like who doesn't love 1500 to 2000 a month of cash flow? Like, like that's awesome. But then from a personality standpoint, and the reason why we haven't really expanded is because that all that's going to come back on me if we if we do another one.
0: Ah, uh, okay. So, let's uh, Joey and I were rainbows and unicorns. You were somewhere in the middle there. Your pet fees get you going, but The kind of dealing with the guest part is not a win for you. I want to hear from the cons in the group because Mark and Ernie, both of you dug pretty deeply into this, had opportunities to invest or start your own short-term rental business, however you want to refer to it, and you decided not to. So Ernie, I'm going to start with you. Tell me why you didn't pursue short-term rental.
2: Well, the temptation to go really fast—I mean, uh, it was pretty tempting. <laughs> it's it's fun to step on that gas pedal, but for me, uh, it it maybe maybe with something that we'll use in the future, it makes sense to both own and furnish. Uh, but I, I was, it wasn't appealing to me long term to think about just leasing these things. To lease and to furnish is one thing. To to own and to furnish is another. And when I was talking. To my wife about it this all this furniture just became i mean that's a that's a problem to us and thinking long term the the appeal to long-term rentals and owning the property is uh, yes you give up a good bit of cash flow compared to the potential short-term rentals uh, but your your tenant and a long-term rental is paying the mortgage and that's going to create all sorts of future opportunity a little bit of cash flow now that can can stack up as, as you build properties, but also the potential for access to a bunch of equity down the road. And that can only uh, further jumpstart your opportunity to, to grow into that business or then to move into short-term rentals at that point in time. Mark, what was your
0: reason for, for not pursuing short-term rentals?
2: Lazy.
3: I'm just, I'm, I'm just lazy. Let's, let's Let's go ahead and call it for what it is. Uh, yeah, I, I I looked at it. I, I, I did my due diligence as far as I wanted to go. I started looking at coordinating shopping properties, figuring out how am I going to get the security system, the furnishings, the cleaning crew, where am I going to store cleaning supplies and all these logistical things that I didn't particularly want to do. Um, so I don't want to do it. Therefore, I'm not going to do it. Um, it. It's like when I, you know, flying airplanes, right? I don't want to load the bags. I don't want to fuel the jet. I don't want to pump up the tires. I don't want to do the weight and balance. I want to show up, turn the ignition. Let's go. Um, so that being said, I mean, that really is, you know, when, when, when you guys are saying we have 23 short-term rentals, we do short-term rentals. I think we need to be honest with that use of the word. We, um, (laughs) who is included in this? We, (laughs) Uh,
1: there, There is more than just Russ and I, if that's what you mean. Yes. I'm probably on
2: Russ. Russ is probably the day-to-day. Mm. <laughs> Man, if you need somebody
0: to get on the phone and, like, help you walk through, you know, getting in your unit,
4: yeah, there's a person
0: for that. <laughs>
2: there's
0: a there's definitely a
4: person that. for that. That's not, that's not you, huh? You're yeah, not that you're, guy, pal. You're right. Trust so here's the thing about
0: guy. this is Joey and I, and I, I'm so glad that all – that JD, you and Mark hit on this point, Joey and I were going through the kind of research on this, got super excited about the possibility of the business and its scalability and the cash flow that it could create. Because that was to me like instant cash flow at a higher rate. And, and I can get into when arbitrage, went own at a different time. I, I believe right now, Arbitrage is the better method, but I believe when the market crashes, Joey and I will start finding properties to buy. And then we we will cycle through that. But right now we're in arbitrage. But the thing that I remember, the person we were talking to about this, who I don't remember how many properties he had, 30, 40, 50, whatever it was. And he's like, you guys don't want to do this. Like, what are you talking about? He's like, you don't have time for this with all the businesses you guys own and run. There's no way you have time to make this happen. I was like, well, help me understand how much time does it take? And he said, well, per unit, like, I don't know any, you know, ten, two to three hours a week, how many do you want? And, but by the way, when you every unit, you start, you need to allocate two weeks, <laughs> two weeks per unit. It's going to be all of 40 hours a week for two weeks for every new one you start, like you guys want to start 15. Yeah. You don't your next year. Are you guys going to take off and just do this? They're like, of course not. But that's where Joey and I started thinking, well, okay, well, if we were going to do this and that would be our goal, how would we want to be like you, Mark, to where we show up and just turn the ignition, right? Not have to do all of those other steps. And that's kind of what went into our we have to scale is because we decided there's someone else out there who doesn't like their day job, who doesn't like what they're doing, who would love the ability to learn a business like this, who would love the ability to kind of call their own shots. And then by learning the business from the inside out could actually go start their own business on the side, right? Because this is a business and it's one that you can be really closely running or you could learn how to do it and start hiring people to do it from afar. Joey and I just started with the afar part, Right. Exactly. Talk, talk a little bit about that process. What did we do and how did we pull that off?
1: Well, I mean, I would say it's, it's not an everyday thing that you can um, find somebody like a Clint, uh, but we, we went to our network and we said, who are the people, That would fit that description that that want to learn a business that would be gifted in a certain way that they have um, operational abilities, they can manage a process, they can follow through. Like these are all skills that not everybody has. Um, And also, it had to be the right timing. And so, anyways, we ended up talking to Clint about the opportunity, and he was a perfect fit from a, a personality standpoint. And he also was looking for a new. Uh, like a new opportunity, new way to, to, to uh, expand his knowledge and to potentially grow a business. And so it was, a, it was a perfect fit, but we knew on the front end that we had to be on the hook. We were going to way overpay him a salary in order for one or two units. So in order for us to make that investment make sense, we had to scale quickly. Um, and we all kind of went on the front end thinking, okay, we're going to have to make this work Let's let's build the systems out. And and also we had to provide the coaching. Because you know what? He didn't have the experience. Neither did we. So we had to hire a coach to help him get up to speed as quickly as possible. And all that could have not worked out. But uh gratefully, um it it has. What would yeah, you add to that, Russ?
3: Sorry, I'm I'm, I'm gonna cut you off, Russ. Oh, there, okay. is, I, I I think that's a really important point is just because an idea may not look like it fits you personally, it fits your investor DNA, right? There are times and opportunities where you can actually find hacks, if you will, to make your DNA fit the idea. And I think that is a huge takeaway right there is you guys leverage you, you, you had an idea, you had a problem you wanted to solve, you, you, you wanted more cash flow and you liked the shiny penny of short-term rentals, you know, squirrel, off you go. running for the new shiny penny, but you recognize that, okay, how can we hack this so that it fits what we like to do? And so rather than turning it into you guys managing your own short-term rental, you said, well, how can we make this a business and get someone else to leverage their time, their expertise and leverage them into it so that now it's, it's a, it's a larger win, right? So you guys get to win. Your Clint gets to win all your providers get to win and the clients get to win. So, now, Mark, the only thing I disagree with, I would not
1: call Russ a hack or a squirrel. Um, That just, let's be honest, a little disrespectful.
0: Dude, come on. Like what the key is, is that Ronald McDonald, in order for him to be the clown letting people in the store, he could be back there cooking hamburgers. So we had to let Joey (laughs) do that role. (laughs) Wow.
2: (laughs) All
0: right. So here, here's the other part to this, and and that was the strategy, right? That was the strategy that you and I said, okay, how are we going to create fifteen to thirty thousand dollars a month of cash flow? That was a strategy that you and I picked, right? And that's right. The, the month of July, we went over thirty thousand and and passive income out of that, right? After all expenses. Yep. But how did we implement it? How did we fund it? That's a question that we get a lot too. You want to speak to that a little bit?
1: Um, I mean, just from our policies, like we had created a system of policies and um, been stockpiling cash for a long period of time. And we knew going into this that we could leverage those without having to pay back that, that money, those, uh, the loans against these policies immediately and we could allow the cash flows to, to kind of catch back up. And, you know, ultimately that's what gave us a little bit more, you know, um, peace of mind to move forward in this is to knew that we have that time to do it. Policies? We're we talking what do you mean?
0: policies. What
1: more am- than one. Is that what, what that means? What else were what else were you using? I, I, I was using my policies. I don't know about you.
0: Oh, okay, well, I, I just started listening to the podcast and I heard Joey say he ri- has written policies that he can um, get cash from. What does is, what is the crap does that even mean? I, I, I think that I, I'm just calling you out on lingo here, jargon. My bet.
1: I bet. Uh, we used our infinite banking life insurance policies, our whole life policies that were designed for cash that we've been stockpiling cash in for years. that we leveraged against those by taking a loan against them to invest in this business?
0: I think LJ hit the nail on the head. We created a cash management system. We created a place for our cash to reside and we had access to it. It was there. It was ready, right? Yep. The point is, is that we had it. And when we deployed it, it had a home. And Joey, every single month when we pay ourselves, where do you take that um, 50% of your profit? Where do you put it?
1: put it right back into the system, repaying those loans. Yep.
0: Exactly. And I think that's the point that gets missed within what infinite banking is, how it works, how does it help? One, without it, we wouldn't have been able to take action Two, without a place for it to go back to, it would be sitting in a checking account, waiting on us to tell it what to do because it's sitting there earning nothing. True. That's right. All right. Well, I think this was a good discussion. Clearly, this is not intended to be all all things to short-term rental. And hear us say that you should not do short-term rentals unless it is matching your investor DNA. It is a good fit for where you are in life. If you've not gone through this process, if you've not taken the time to meet with one of these coaches. Raise your hand. It's super easy. All you have to do is go to wealthwhitewallstreet.com forward slash free call. You can jump on a 15 minute call with one of these coaches. You can talk about what passive income do you need to meet or exceed your monthly expenses. And then watch how they can help you build a strategy by one understanding what your investor DNA is to help you get to at least that first 25%. And then once you get in there, now you can say, hey, how do I get a part of this cool inner circle group that's learning and sharing ideas and being, get exposed to new ideas, but being coached to a point to where I can practically apply the things that I've been learning. And that's where the inner circle exists. So if you are interested in that process, start by going to wealthwildwallstreet.com forward slash free call. Ask one of these coaches how you can build a strategy to get to your first 25%. Thank you, as always, for listening to this podcast. Thank you, coaches.